Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. Let's bow in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we trust you've been pleased by our worship. We thank you for the opportunity we have in this land to gather and freely do so, to worship God. Father, we pray that as we now open your word, that you would teach us and guide us and further prepare us for life in this world. For we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been quite an experience this Advent season. I've heard from several of you as you've shared back from cell groups and other discussions that it's kind of been a, a neat focus to just zero in on several key realities of our Christian faith. As we've done that, we have joined our hearts and minds with untold thousands of other believers around the world. And actually through time who have, at this time of year, focused their attention on four great realities of the Christian faith. There are many, many churches in many different places where we could walk in today and they would be focused on the same great truth we are, represented by this fourth candle of ours today. But we've worked our way around. Three weeks ago, we first lit the candle of hope. Hope is that sense of anticipation stirred in our hearts by the promises of God who themselves were announced by the prophets of old. Such hope, stirred by those promises, steadies and anchors us through this ever-changing earthly life. Secondly, we lit the candle of faith. Faith is that conviction deep within us that assures us that those promises are indeed true. Such faith which is given to us by God himself enables us to believe it before we see it. Thirdly, last Sunday, we lit the pink candle, the candle of joy. Joy is that inner delight that finds its focus in the person of Jesus Christ, who left the glories of heaven to enter into our fallen world and gave his life that we might enjoy the fulfillment of all of these promises in which we have put our faith and hope. Now, the candle that was newly lit at the beginning of our service today is the candle of Peace. We've sung about peace a bit this morning. I hope it's begun to sink into your mind and just ready you to hear what more the scripture would tell us about this tremendous reality of the Christian life. It's our focus this final Sunday of the Advent season, peace. 
So consider with me now today's Advent prophecy. Every one of these have been kind of started with a prophecy. These things are based upon promises given by prophets years ago that God is in the process of fulfilling. So today's Advent prophecy adds one to the list we already have, and here it is. We find it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, just a part of the statement. It says, and he, speaking of the coming one, speaking of the one whose birth now we celebrate tomorrow, and we recognize through this Advent season, he shall be called Prince of Peace. Now, I've got to tell you, those words were spoken by the prophet Isaiah some 700 years before they were fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. That title, Prince of Peace, was one of several such titles that Isaiah gave to the one who was to come. The rest of those titles are displayed on the Christmas tree behind me. Most of you know how they go. Things like Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then Isaiah added, speaking of this one who was to come, he said, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. There shall be no end to what Christ begins among men. You see, those words, and that promise came at a time when the people of God were under attack by their enemies. The mighty Assyrian army was at their doors. Things would happen that would keep the Hebrew people from ever really being fully independent again. Until what's happened in our day. From the time Isaiah gave that prophecy and the coming of Jesus, seven centuries passed. The hope of one who would bring a never-ending peace was only held on to by the truly faithful. It's hard to believe in a coming prince of peace when you've been taken into captivity in Babylon. It's hard to believe in a coming prince of peace when there is no real peace where you're living and probably will not really be experienced in your lifetime. Only the truly faithful could hold on to a promise like that. And yet, on the very night that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, would be born, a mighty herald angel sent from the courts of heaven spoke some awesome words to a few shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. For now, we take just a piece of what that angel said. It's today's Advent scripture, and here it is. Luke chapter 2, verse 14, we find it. He says to them, along with other things he said, he said, and on earth, as this one whose birth I'm announcing, 
as he comes into all that God intends him to be. On this earth, there will be a, an impact. And here we focus on one of those impacts. And on earth, peace. Peace. Thinking about it, I could imagine that those shepherds were already some of the most peaceful men in the Bethlehem area. The town, we are told, the town of Bethlehem at that time was congested. It was filled with people who had been commanded by the hated Roman overlords to come there to be counted. Seemed important to count everybody in this Jewish nation. And in order to be registered, most likely to clean up and clarify their tax rolls, in order to be registered, they all had to go to the place where they were born, where you might say their initial birth certificates were kept. And so everybody who had been born, who was still alive in Bethlehem, had to return there, as Joseph did himself. And so the place was overrun with visitors. We're told that some visitors couldn't even find a room for the night. Now the shepherds, they needed no inn. They probably didn't even need to register. They had their sheep. They slept under the stars. They had their fires for warmth and their companions for company. This night for them was most likely just like all the ones that had preceded it. Until it wasn't. The sky lit up with what the songwriter would later say was a holy light. And they heard those words that capture our attention this morning. They heard the angel say them. Whereas we are reading them having been recorded many, many years later. They heard them. Something was happening that night that would eventually bring peace, lasting peace, deep down heart satisfying peace. It didn't start that night though, did it? A baby in a manger whose birth would cause a Hebrew king to seek his death and as a result, trying to make sure this one was killed, he killed every single baby that was two years older, older or younger by the time the wise men came there looking for this king of the Jews. That birth didn't really bring an immediate peace. It brought horror. It took 30 or so years before the angel's promise and prophecy would be sensed and experienced among men. But eventually, it was. Consider with me now what I'm calling today's Advent fulfillment. The fulfillment of that promise that had been mentioned on that very first night. In John chapter 20, verse 19, we see John depicting Jesus in a very, very marvelous way. It says, Jesus came, and he stood among them. And based upon what Jesus said to them, we gather that these that he stood among were rather distressed. 
upset, disturbed, anxious, worried, whatever it might be. He stood among them and he said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now he was in a place to deliver some of that promise. Peace be with you. Those words were spoken on Easter evening. And they were spoken to ten men that Jesus had personally chosen to be his apostles. Judas was, of course, no longer there. He had betrayed Jesus. And for some reason, Thomas was absent. So of the original 12, there were 10 who were there that night in fear, hiding behind a closed door in an out-of-the-way room where Jesus appeared and he says, peace. Bringing them the very thing they had none of. But now was the time that he could announce that to them that night, and if they would, for all the rest of their life, a kind of peace would be theirs. And so they must have wondered. For right at that moment, they were anything but peaceful. And probably hope and faith, to say nothing of joy, were probably in short supply too. And here he came. The Prince of Peace himself, having made peace with God for them and for all who would in future days confess him as Lord and Savior, he now grants peace to them. This is a supernatural calmness. This is the peace of God. Years later, the Apostle Paul would refer to this supernatural calmness in his letter to the Philippian believers. And here's what he said, and I've called it today, today's ultimate advent fulfillment. This, this peace that Jesus brought. Jesus couldn't himself just bring it to, to everyone personally. Jesus ascended back into heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit into the world who could be everywhere all at once with every single person who came to faith in Jesus Christ. And that spirit could then produce supernatural things in the hearts and lives of those who belong to the Lord. And Paul, reflecting upon that some years later, says this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, and the peace of God... Peace be with you. That kind of peace. The kind of peace that just settles your heart. The kind of peace that comes is consistent with the very life that Jesus lived in this world. No matter what was going on, people could see he had a, he had a settledness, he had a calmness, he had a certainty. Nothing rattled him. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding... Human beings can't figure out why a person trusting in Christ has peace in the midst of turmoil all around. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand how you're, you're not just yelling, running, screaming, trying all kinds of things. Human understanding can't understand why anybody would have this 
supernatural calmness within them. When life says just the opposite should be the reaction. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all human understanding, that is, all earthly understanding. God understands it. Those who know the Lord understand it. But those who are just of the world and earthly, they'll never understand it. Because it's the peace of God. It's not peace that human beings figure out. It's not them putting two plus two together and saying, ah, finally. It's the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And here's what it's going to do. It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever just gotten your, let your heart get out of control? Does your heart ever just get out of control? Has your mind ever gone nuts on you? Oh, beloved, (laughs) pray for me. My mind is getting less reliable all the time. I'm just glad there's so many of you in here that can relate to that. Just relate to that. Our minds need guarding. See, Paul, Paul was a man whose life was filled with peace-destroying moments. He had been beaten to within an inch of his life numerous times. He had been shipwrecked and floating in the open Mediterranean Sea on more than one occasion as he tried to take the good news of the gospel to places where it hadn't gone yet. He had been ridiculed. He had been rebuked. He had been considered to be a heretic by his own Jewish brothers and sisters. Paul's life was filled with peace-destroying moments, and he wanted these people to know, living in Philippi, he wanted them and he wanted us to know that there is a supernatural calmness, a peacefulness that takes possession of one who truly trusts in God, one who truly believes the promises that God has given, and one who is anchored by the hope that those promises produce. And of this peace of God, this supernatural calmness, there comes an incredible protective power. In all of our life circumstances, just say to yourself right now, inside your mind, inside your heart, if you want to say it right out loud, say it right out loud, say this, I want to be protected by peace. I want to be protected by peace. Paul's telling us we can be. Paul's telling us that's God's plan for us to be, to be guarded by peace somehow. And so let's look at these two Advent realities that Paul reveals, areas of life in this very verse. Here's the first one. God's peace guards my heart against every kind of unsettling emotion. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts. 
So I put it this way. Here's our phrase. The peace of God, which transcends all that is human and earthly understanding, will guard your hearts from every kind of unsettling emotion. Take a moment. What are some unsettling emotions? Just try to make a little list in your head. If the person next to you is smarter than you, ask them. Just take a moment. Say, what's an unsettling emotion? What's he talking about? What does it mean to be unsettled? See, what, what are some unsettling emotions? We could probably this afternoon make quite a list, but I think certainly some prime candidates for such a list would be things like fear, anxiety, Jealousy, envy, anger, frustration. Did I hit the one you were thinking about? Or do you got some, got some others there? These are emotions. They're feelings that stir within us and they can unsettle us. They can really put us, is what people might say, at loose ends. Not sure what they're doing and why they're doing it, but they're being thrust into it by this feeling that has just grabbed them. See, these are emotions that unsettle us. Some of you might say, I don't know if I've actually ever been settled. That's possible. You might be a person that says, something always has me stirred up. Other people say, she's always stirred up about something. I've never seen her calm. Never seen him at peace. It's like as soon as you get through one thing, why, why there's another thing that they're ready to just go berserk over. And there may be some in this room that you would say, especially since I grew up a little bit, I'm not sure I've ever felt settled. All my emotions are unsettled. There's always something that has me stirred up. You see, that's actually the normal human condition. To be unsettled, stirred up by the disappointments and the brokenness and the failures of life. And here's the point. Christians can easily fall back into it. Christians can be just as unsettled in a given moment as any non-Christian. Or Christians in moments that unsettle others can have a calmness and a peacefulness about them that just goes beyond the norm. Can't really be understood. And people get confused by a person like that. Paul would say, that's God at work. That's the Holy Spirit within you. That's your heart, your mind, your yourself being changed and controlled by powers bigger than you. That's Jesus, in a sense, saying again and again and again and again, peace be unto you. Peace. He said that basically in the boat when the storm was raging. And he stood up and said, peace, be still. 
Oh, to experience that in our earthly life is a remarkable thing. And we need to. Such peace is a divine gift. Such peace is, it gets into our heart and it settles us. You see, God's word would say, if you're unsettled, if you're always unsettled, if you're talking to somebody who is completely at loose ends and is panicky or whatever it might be, ready to burst in one way or another emotionally, confess Christ as your Savior and Lord. Give yourself to him and allow him through the presence and gracious gifting of his Holy Spirit, Numa himself, to fill your heart with the peace of God. The supernatural calmness that transcends normal human experience. It's an awesome thing. Now, I trust everyone in this room can think of a time, maybe many times. You might say, at this point in my life, it's kind of most of the time where your heart is at peace. Your emotions are settled by the hand of the Holy Spirit himself who brings his own fruit into you and love and joy and peace and kindness and all these things have actually taken residence in your heart, are determining your emotions. They are the emotions that you generally first feel in any earthly situation. See, Paul was telling the Philippians that such a thing could be true, that such a thing can happen, that such a thing is desired to happen, that the peace of God, that no human being can understand apart from the leading, the enlightening of the Spirit of God, that the peace of God can just guard your heart, can keep it. Keep it. And how much better life is when our heart is guarded. Now, there's a second half to that verse, and the truth is we could pretty much just say ditto. Ditto to the second half, God's peace not only guards my heart from every kind of unsettling emotion, but here's the second thing we can say. In addition to that, God's peace guards my mind against every kind of unsettling notion. You ever get bugged by a thought? Somebody shares with you? You read it somewhere, you hear it expressed. Some kids are going through school where I tell you half the things they're told are unsettling notions. Pray for them. Pray for them. The very teachers in school that when Linda and I went through our classes wouldn't dare to say anything against the word of God, wouldn't dare to say anything about the creator God. Whether they believed it or not, they wouldn't dare publicly say something contrary to the truths of God that the society around them almost universally believed. Today, many, many teachers in public places wouldn't dare say that they believe any of that that they believe in God, 
that they believe in the word of God, that they believe that God, an almighty, all-wise, heavenly father, lies behind everything that's going on in this world. They would never tell a student who is anxious, a student who is depressive, a student who is just right on the edge, they would never say to that student, put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. Let his Holy Spirit bring peace into your heart, into your life. It'll it'll guard your heart. See, the things that kids are hearing today, if they have any understanding about any biblical truth at all, many of the notions they're hearing are unsettling. They're lies, they're untruths. And they should be very unsettling to anyone who believes the truth of God. Oh, I'll tell you, when has the world, though, not been simply overflowing with unsettling notions? I'll take the lighter approach to it. Every commercial on television is designed to put some kind of unsettling notion in your head. This afternoon when you watch them, just watch them from that point of view. What unsettling notion is this commercial trying to put in my head that will make me dissatisfied with something, make me feeling inadequate in some way that they can then provide a solution for? Now, let me say this, and I wrote this down a while ago, but I'm going to say it anyway today in front of you. Let me say that one of the compensations of getting old, some might even use that horrible word elderly. One of the compensations of that for any of us who might be somewhere near that category One of the compensations is our acknowledgement, our understanding, us even coming to peace with the fact that almost everything that is wrong with us can't be fixed. (laughs) And so we can see all those commercials for what they truly are. Nothing more than mere money-making scams. We get to the place where we say, I'm not going to try that. Not going to try that. Already tried that. These people are liars. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Besides, what I got can't be fixed. You can't really make me 10 years younger. You really can't do that. You can't do this. And it's kind of a comforting compensation, you know, to, uh, to realize it finally took me this old long to get this old to realize I'm old. And therefore, there's a certain bunch of notions out there in the world that no longer unsettle me. I can just look at them and kind of laugh at the characters they have in them. I would also say ditto for political party verbiage for investment opportunities and self-help gurus of every kind. All of them 
are involved in some kind of a money-making scam. Very little truth is to be found in any of those places. And yet, if you take them at face value, your mind can be flooded with unsettling notions. We need to say, let God's peace, let God's peace guard you from them and from the damage that they would do to you. Oh, God's peace. The peace of God, it it guards my heart against every kind of unsettling emotion. The peace of God, it guards my mind against every kind of unsettling notion. And there is then created for us a place of peace and trust and hope and joy And deep inside of us, there's the presence of something truly supernatural. It's there not because we worked it up and praise God, it won't leave when we stop working. It's a gift of God. A gift of the Spirit of God. It's the peace of God. Brought as a result of what the Son of God has done for us and what the Spirit of God now is doing within us. And it's a glorious thing. It's a glorious thing, at least once a year, for churches everywhere to, on one Sunday, focus on peace as the incredible work of God, gift of God, desire of God, and blessing from God. Amen? So in closing, let me say that peace like God provides is worth more than anything money can buy or man can promise. Final thought says this. Think on this this afternoon. The peace of God is enjoyed by those who are experiencing peace with God. You got to know God. You've got to come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You need to be born again through faith in him. You need to have the spirit of God given to you, filling you so that that peace exists once you are at peace with a God who one day will have to judge all sin, will have to judge all mankind. There is no peace, Isaiah said many, many years ago, for the wicked. That simply means, doesn't mean bad people doing horrible things. It just means anybody who's not in a relationship with the Almighty God, who is not living in a relationship of trust and faith and joy and experiencing, being in God's presence and being at peace there knowing he's accepted you in Jesus Christ, knowing that he doesn't see you as a sinful person, he sees you as a forgiven one. Oh, how good is that? So to have peace with God means somebody took care of the things that were putting God at war with me. And that is remove the sin from me that God hates. So he can just absolutely love me through Jesus Christ. 
and that brings peace to him and me. We are, we are together. And it means then his peace can begin to sink into my actual earthly life and bring me a sense of calmness in the midst of it all. Isaiah 57, 21. Jot that reference down. That's Isaiah talking about peace. And then also Romans 5, 1, where Paul just says that by faith, we've been justified by faith. Faith in what God has done. Faith in what Jesus accomplished. Faith in all the plan of salvation. We've been justified by faith through Jesus Christ, and therefore we have peace with God. And the relationship begins, and then the peace of God can become more and more a daily experience. Oh, don't, don't forget that. Don't let anything as we go into this new year set your mind or your heart in a, in a crazy way, an unsettled way. Just say, I'm walking into this year with, with the truth of God guiding me, the peace of God guarding me, and the spirit of God just leading me every single moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Advent time. It's not only a time to, to spend four weeks, as it were, anticipating the celebration of Jesus' birth. It's also a specific time to remind ourselves of, of the things that Jesus' birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension to heaven have accomplished for us and for us to newly embrace them. Newly embrace them and head into this new year with a, with a sense that, that, yes, nothing stands between me and the Savior. Nothing is grieving or hindering the Spirit of God who's been sent to guide me through life. Oh, Father, may that be true. And as we reflect upon that, on this congregation right now, within my heart right now and mine, I pray that the peace of God would just descend more than ever before upon us, into us, and allow us to live settled, secure, confident, obedient lives. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.